You can offer to the Buddha first. Offer to the Buddha. Just raise your hand. Sadhu. Then you pass over to me. Sadhu. 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 Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Now my is okay. I think they scared it melt. Cake later.
you want to offer, you can offer, then quickly put in. <laughs> yeah, okay. You offer. Yeah. Otherwise, by the time the class finish, it will melt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so today it happened to go inside with Teacher's Day. Sadhu, I rejoice. There was one Kayanmita early morning already sent to me. And it was so good. The, the sadhu, sadhu. Sadhu. Ah, pass round, pass round. Sadhu. 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 Okay, you all can be seated. Huh? Uh, so, today's puja is a bit long, huh? but no problem. <laughs> it's a good reason. <laughs> okay, so let us prepare our mind huh? for puja. Yeah. So, silent your mind, develop the faith, sadha, virya, then mindfully we shall commence the puja. Arahang sama sambuto bagawa budang bagawantang abiwademi suakato bagawata damo damang namasami. Supati Pano Bhagavato Sakasango Sanghang Namami. Okay, you all can be seated and turn to page one of the chanting book. We shall chant the Vandana onward. Namo Tasa Bhagavato. Arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo atasa bhagavato 
Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namo Atasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sanghang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Dutiampi Buddhang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranang Gachami Tatiampi Sanghang Saranang Gachami Panatipata Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Adinadana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Kame Sumichachara Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Musawada Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami Suramiraya Japamadatana Veramani Sikha Padang Samadhyami now you chant the Padipa Puja, offering of light. Ganna Sarapa Ditena Pena Tamadangsena Tiloka Dipang Sambuddang Pujayami Tamonodang Ganda Sambara Yutena Dupena Hang Sugang Hina Pujaye Pujaniyangtang Pujabhajanamutamang Vannagandagunopetang Etang Kasumasantatin Pujayami Monindasa Siripadasarorohe Pujemi Buddhang Kasumena Nena Punena Matena Chahotumokang Prupang Milayati Yata Idangme Kayo Tata Yati Vinasabhavang Adivase Tunobante Paniyang Parikapitang Anukampang Upadaya Patigan Hatumotamang Adivase Tunobante Pale Parikapitang Anukampang Upadaya Patigan Hatumotamang Adivase Tunobante Bojanang Parikapitang Anukampang Upadaya 
ปฏิกันหาทุมุตมังนาววิวัชันเดปุจาเอสเปรชันเบสอนาวอันเดอร์สแตนดิ่งออฟเดอะสิกเนฟกันส์ของออเดอร์สปุจาออฟเฟรนส์ที่วิฮัจส์ออฟเฟรสิกเนฟกันส์ของออฟเฟรนส์ออฟไลท์ may this offering of light to the Buddha brings forth the causes and conditions to illuminate our mind and help arise the needed clarity and understanding to dispel all darkness or ignorance therein Significance of offering of water. May this offering of pure, clear, cool water lead us to the pure, clear dhamma that cools and doses off the fires of all defilements within our mind. Significance of offering of incense. May our morality, virtue, and understanding shine far and wide, just like the fragrance of this incense. Which we are offering to the Blessed One, who is perfect in wisdom and virtue. Significance of offering of fruits. May this offering of fruits remind us of the Dana Parami of generosity, and the fruit of our karma, so that we will diligently strive on with heedfulness to attain the path and fruition soon as possible. Significance of offering the flowers. May this constant offering of flowers to the Blessed One strengthen our faith and constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body, so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate sila, samadhi, and panya, leading to ultimate liberation, the bond-free nibbana, making of overall aspiration. By the power of these merits, born of these offerings. May our spiritual faculty of sadha, virya, sati, samadhi, and panya be further strengthened until they become balas or power, then sharing and transfer marriage to all beings. May these merits be shared and transferred to all beings without exception, especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, sadhu. Okay, let us pay respect to Pujja. Bedang Pujja me. Damang Pujja me. Sanghang Pujja me. Okay, good. You all can be seated. Just relax body and mind and maintain attention, yeah? attentiveness. The moment you are silent, you are already aware. Yeah? You don't have to learn to be aware. So awareness is a natural arising of mind state. The moment you are without thought, so to be aware, you just silent. No need to do anything. Without any thought movement, mental chattering, you are already aware. The moment there is any mental chattering or thought movement, you cannot be aware because you are preoccupied with those thinking, mental dialogue, chattering, or reaction to sense experience. So, meditation is to learn how to relax, to be in the state of inner peace, inner awareness, without thought. This will be a lot easier. If your spiritual faculties 
Osada, Virias, the Samadhi and Panya are already there. Uh, carry off the light. <laughs> Then you all try to meditate and listen at the same time. Eh? The spiritual faculties are very important. These five spiritual faculties are mind state that can enable you to understand spiritual teaching. Apart from this, it also helps you to root out the five mental hindrances. They will counter all the five mental hindrances. Without the mental hindrance, there is nothing to hinder your mind from entering the meditative state of inner peace, inner awareness, and inner peace. So all this is a natural consequence of an understanding. But most people cannot have the five spiritual faculties because they never develop them. Or even if they try, they don't understand what these spiritual faculties are. So this one, you have to reflect and contemplate on who the Buddha is and how special his teaching is to develop the faith. And when you see the uniqueness of the Buddha, he is not only enlightened, he is fully enlightened. Then it will give you the faith to investigate into his teaching to develop the understanding of his teaching. Then later on when you come to understand that his teaching is so unique, it can liberate your mind, free you from all suffering, brings about enlightenment. That will drive you to cultivate because nothing is more important than having this understanding of the Dhamma so that your mind can be always at peace under all situations in life no matter where you are, under what circumstances, situation, you are always at peace. So that virya will arise naturally. Then when you are determined, you have the faith, and you have that virya, the spiritual zeal to drive you, you will go all out and cultivate this quality of heedfulness. To be heedful, you need to be mindful first. Because to be heedful, the mind has to be ever mindful to cultivate Noble Eightfold Path. So to be ever mindful, you need to train your mind to be aware, mindful. That is the first stage. Then stabilize it. That's why like all meditation, they start out with method and technique because they don't understand that with the mind having the hindrance, the mind cannot settle down. The mind thinks a lot. Heedless. Because the mental hindrances are very strong. They have become habitual. You didn't have a chance to live a proper orderly life in your daily activity. So within the daily life, you are not heedful. You don't have the stability or the spiritual faculty. The mental hindrance will be there. They will take over. And if throughout the day you are so heedless with the mental hindrance, it will hinder your mind from entering the meditative state. That's why when you come here to meditate, most people, unless you already have the spiritual faculty, you cannot meditate. Your mind thinks a lot. And that's the reason why people give you methods and techniques to anchor your mind so that it does not think, it does not wander off. 
so that the object of meditation can anchor your mind. So the Buddha taught a very neutral object of meditation. He said, use anapanasati. Yeah. That anapanasati is very good because it's always your breath within the moment. So you can develop anapanasati. You will be only mindful of your in and out breath. There will be no thought. But before it comes, before it stabilizes, thought will arise. That's why anapanasati is only for people who have already developed the understanding and the skill and the spiritual faculty are already quite stable. Then you use anapanasati to start off with. Yeah. But for most people who don't have any training or skill, you can use the mind sweeping method combined with metta to bring about the deconditioning of your heedless thinking mind. So when you do the mind sweeping method, you only feel relaxed, you don't think. And because you feel and relax, the mind will decondition the heedless thinking into a new conditioning that makes you calm, peaceful. Because when you are relaxed and just aware, you don't think. So if you repeat this by sweeping from your forehead down to your buttock, then reversing it, Normally, after one cycle, you become very quiet, very peaceful. And that is awareness by itself. But this one, you have to stabilize it. So after that, only you use anapanasati. That's why it's very good. To stabilize that silent mind, the awareness within. So to stabilize is very easy. Like the Buddha said, breathing in, aware. Breathing out, aware. Just do it. Initially, if you are not familiar, your mind will tend to wander off very fast. Yeah. Then also for those who have other objects of meditation which you are familiar with, you can use your object of meditation. If you are familiar with the rising and falling, use it. If you are familiar with the dynamic meditation, hand movement, long protein technique or whatever, use it. Or you are familiar with Buddha, Buddha use it or any type of chanting or skillful. This is just to anchor the mind to your object of meditation. Then you develop mindfulness on it. You don't go and focus and concentrate because that will lead you to energy field, samatha meditation. So whatever object of med meditation you use, you are there to understand that this is just an initial skillful means to train your mind to be aware. That's it. Finish. The moment you train, when it's stabilized, then you don't continue to do it. You have to use that mind that has been trained to meditate, to develop the understanding of who you are, what you are, and how you function as a human being. What are these five aggregates? or form a mind or about why did the Buddha say we have a physical body, a form, physical form. Then we have a mind that has the four aggregates of feeling, perception, sankhara and consciousness. And these four aggregates of mind you can understand easily when you inquire what can my mind do. Your mind can feel, can perceive, can give rise to mental states, mental activity mental thinking, planning, scheming, whatever. 
then it can also be conscious. Conscious of what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you tactile feel. So these are all the activity of minds. The various movement of Sankara. Then the perception is the one that brings the external form into the mind. So together with that, you will have the five aggregates of form and mind, the second aspect, the mental one. That is the one that we are interested in during the meditation. So when Anapanasati starts to stabilize, when you are just aware without thought, you will experience a type of peace that the Buddha called pity. Pity is a spiritual calmness, awareness within, where it will make you very peaceful. Then you will experience a type of joy. They call it the spiritual joy. Sometimes they call it rapture. You can experience a type of very intense joy, which they call rapture. Your mind like rapture into joy. Then you continue to relax into it. The key word is relax into every mind state that arises. Relax. Maintain awareness or mindfulness. Just do the anapanasati. Then this anapanasati will shift. From initially the irregular breathing, it will become a regular breathing, giving you the long breath. And as you are able to be mindful of this long breath, you experience calmness, peacefulness, pity, it will arise. Then when you relax into it and maintain awareness, it will become more and more refined until you later on experience what they call Sukhang. Sukhang is a more refined state of pity. You will experience blissfulness of mind after that. The mind is very blissful. And during this time, normally your breathing becomes like slow down. But it's a long breath. And every breath is very clear. You just relax into all mind state and allow it to be. Even the bliss, whatever that arises, just relax into it and maintain awareness until they subside. Until the spiritual bliss also become very, very fine. Then as you do that, the breath will become shorter and shorter and shorter until finally your mind has no movement at all. Your mind will enter paucity. Paucity is tranquility of mind, stillness of mind, the silent mind. That is your true mind. That is the mind that can meditate, can understand, can awaken. So you need to develop your apna until there is no more breathing, no more movement. Even your other object of meditation is the same until the awareness becomes so subtle. This is where the mind shifts. You can continue to relax and maintain awareness. This passivity will stabilize. Then the mind will enter sati. When the mind enters sati, the mind is in sati. That's why everything you experience will be in sati. Your hearing is in sati. Your smell, your taste, your tactile and your thought process. Then later on, when you come out of your formal meditation, even your seeing, everything is in sati. No thought, nothing. Just aware. 
And then when you are in the formal meditation, when you reach that state, don't go and do all those sitting touching. Don't create any more thinking. Just silence everything and don't do anything. Just maintain that peace within, the inner peace, the inner awareness and silence. Then stay with the short breath or that very subtle breathing. Uh, initially, it's like you don't breathe. But actually, there is this internal breathing, very subtle. Then as your mind enters the tea, the mindfulness becomes more refined. It has the ability to detect this subtle breathing. Then you can just stay there yeah, until your mind stabilizes, until you are like ever mindful in that meditative state, in that formal meditation. Then during that time, any movement, any activity is magnified. You can feel them. Then all your pain, everything will be gone. Because when you are in this state of sati, when the mind is sati, it actually do away with all the feeling. Whatever feeling that used to arise is not as fine as this mind that has entered sati, the tranquility of mind, stillness of mind. And during that time, you will also have the ability to relax into every mind state. That's why there is no pain, nothing. And you feel very relaxed and just aware. During that time, you just develop the ability to understand what is going on. Because we have a physical body with our five physical senses and the brain. So this six sense bases, they are the internal sense bases. Then you will receive external sense object or sense stimulant. Then you see clearly through the silent mind how the mind responds to sense experience. How the sense data come in. Then upon contact of mind, how it arise the various type of consciousness. For here in the form of meditation, your eye is closed. So not much seeing consciousness, but sometimes there can be mental formation or mental images. But most of the time, it's the hearing consciousness, the vibration. You can hear the aircon sound, the fan sound, the vibration of nature. Sometimes you can hear your fellow cultivators breathing too. Uh, then you can be aware of many things. The ticking of the clock and all those things. They will become very clear and you are completely away and just silent. Then when whatever sense experience that arise upon contact, just silent away. Don't try to know anything. Don't go and follow it and don't go and create Dhamma theory to look for things. Completely silent. Don't do anything. Through that silence, you will understand many things. Then you can see clearly when your mindfulness has stabilized, when you have this when your mind enters the deep. So upon contact, how consciousness come to be, how the mind input is content of consciousness based on your views, opinion and condition, you can see that. Then you understand how your mind behave or react or stir and how you create the various type of 
Sankara state, mental state of jeta seekers. They will arise depending on your understanding, depending on your habitual tendency, your views, your opinion, and your conditioning. So all this, you will develop understanding through observation, silent observation. Then when you are very skillful, anytime when the condition is there, you can awaken. You can even insight into phenomena. You can see the universal characteristic very clearly. So I will let you meditate on your own. Then I will ring the bell in about 15 minutes time. Okay. Now you continue your meditation.
Okay. Slowly, mindfully, come out of meditation. Try to maintain whatever inner peace, inner calmness, and inner awareness for as long as you can. These are the trained mind state that you need to carry over to the daily life. When you are in the midst of attending to your daily activity or daily life, it can be your routine, your career, as a working person, or as a housewife, or as an individual. How you go about doing your daily activity, you need to maintain mindfulness within. You have to be heedful most of the time. And your mind state should be in this state of clarity, awareness, with the understanding to help you to have more and more moments of peace. This daily mindfulness, the more moments of peace and space between thought can only arise if you have developed the skill in training your mind to be aware and stabilize it. Sati Sampajana can only arise when you have the initial wisdom. The Avijja Sutta is very clear. Without the initial wisdom, born of first, second turning, contemplation, reflection, and hearing of the Dhamma, you can never, never straighten your views. When you have the initial wisdom, when you can straighten your view through an understanding that the Buddha has taught you, the Buddha always asks us to reflect the five daily contemplation until you understand clearly the deep essential Dhamma within. So this first turning wisdom, after you listen, then you reflect, contemplate, inquire. Why did my why did the Buddha ask me to reflect on all these five daily? Not only once a week or once a month. Why did he start by contemplating this physical body, the form, that this nature of body of mind is of the nature to grow old, get sick and die. For he has not gone beyond away, sickness and death. What is his meaning? How come he say this body of ours, does it really belong to you? This one belongs to your form and mind. It goes the way of nature, it's not you. That's why it will get old, get sick, and finally die. Consciousness will separate because it is not you. This one is dependent originating, condition arising, cause of phenomena. It has its nature's condition to fulfill. That's why it goes the way of nature. So when you reflect and contemplate, you start to understand that this body is not me, make of element. Without the consciousness, without the knowing, the awareness, it can never be me, because it's just element. An element go the way of nature. It follow nature's law. Everything decay. When the condition is not right, it will develop disease or sickness. Then when you neglect it too, it will also give you a problem. Then when the condition is such it was separate and you call it death. What is death? Who died? What died? 
nothing done. When you meditate, you understand this consciousness is separate from the form. The three conditions that sustain the arising of this form and mind, the so-called human being, they are the ones that sustain this five aggregate. And when any of these conditions cease, it will cease to be. And what are the three conditions? If you meditate, you will know. You need to have a physical body that has all the senses in order, with all the organs supporting you. And the consciousness that is trapped inside can make use of the senses to arise the respective consciousness to enable you to know the world, experience the world, to experience sense experience so that you can live life, experience life. You can develop the cultivation, the understanding of life. Then you see very clearly the mind that is trapped inside must harmonize with the body and is for you to use, for it doesn't belong to you. It's karmically conditional for you to come to this existential world, to experience life, to live life, to enable you to move around, to develop the sense experience, to animate into a human being or a living being. And this is the one that is subject to karma. And this is not you. This is the fire area. Then after that, he says, reflect on the fourth one. The fourth daily contemplation is about whatever you think you own, your loved one, your prized possession, things that you hold on too dearly, they are never yours. The Buddha said the reality is they are all dependent, originating, condition arising. When condition is there, it appears like you own. It belongs to you. But when conditions is to be, it was separate from you. So separation is a reality. If you cannot understand this, you cannot accept this reality. You want things your way, which is not nature's way. Suffering will be the end result. So you will start to see the characteristic clearly. The form go the way of nature shows you what impermanence is all about. What decay leading to sickness and death is all about. When conditions cease to be, things will cease to be. The fourth contemplation is the same. When you can't even own your own form and mind, which is dependent originating, how can you own other things? There is delusion. Then the last one is the most powerful and the most important. It's about law of karma. The Buddha said, reflect this truth. This nature's law of karma is the first right view that you must have before you can understand life. He said, each and every one of us living beings, we are all born of our karma, heir to our karma, conditioned and supported by our karma. And we are what we are because of our karma. And because of that, you have to take care of karma. Then you will have right view to accept the reality of the moment. That's why the Buddha says, whatever that arise, there are causes and conditions behind. And if the fifth contemplation is such that our life depends almost entirely, 100% on karma. Why? Because we are born of it. We inherit everything. 
then we are conditioned and supported by it every moment, every instant. We are what we are because of karma. So what else can condition things to be the way it is? It has to be this law. So when you understand this, you pay special attention to this law of karma. Then you will come to understand that this nature's law works on certain principles that the Buddha explained. He said it works on jitena, which is mental intention. So Dhammapada verse 1 and 2 explain very clearly. He said, our mind is the forerunner of all things. Mind is chief. When mind arises, everything arises. So all of your actions, speech and thought, if you arise them through wrong view, leading to wrong thought that has the evil roots of greed, hatred and delusion, then the Buddha said, based on this nature's law of karma, suffering will follow you like the wheel that follow the hoof of the cow's cart. Then the complementary verse 2 say. If you understand this law of karma, you take care of karma, then you are heedful, you are mindful. You arise the action, speech and thought process with wholesomeness of mind, free of the evil roots of greed, hatred and delusion. Then your life will become beautiful, is it? Happiness will follow you. Like the shadow that never leaves you. So it's very easy to understand life and live life. If you want to have happiness, no more suffering, you train your mind to be hateful, to be mindful of evil, what constitutes evil, and apply the four right effort to abandon whatever evil that has arisen. Then through mindfulness, wisdom and understanding, you can prevent them from arising in the future. Then you can develop the right effort to cultivate the right thought, right speech and right action that are still not in you. Then later on, when you understand clearly what constitutes right speech, right action, and right thought, you can cultivate noble evil power. Then the fourth right effort is to refine upon and perfect all this wholesome action, speech, and thought processes. That's how the understanding of Dhamma arises. And just the essential Dhamma alone the five daily contemplation can give you so much wisdom. Then you will understand. You reap what you sow. If you plant the seed of evil, you will reap the fruit of evil. If you plant the seed of wholesomeness, you will reap the fruit of wholesomeness. That's why you can check. Why did the Buddha ask us to keep the precept, renew the precept? And what are precepts? Precepts are major training rules. To prevent you from breaking the major evil that can result in karmic negativity. The major consequences of breaking precepts. If you break or violate any other precepts, your karmic friction will be very severe. So now we need to reflect. Why the five precepts? We are the constitute five major evils. Like the first precept, we undertake the training rule to abstain from killing, causing harm to fellow living beings. Who kill? Who harm? Angry people, 
violent people, selfish people, deluded people. The three evil roots are there. If you violate the precept, this is very severe karmic negativity. In future, when there is condition, people will kill you, harm you, and cause suffering to you. So the second precept is the same. It's about we undertake the training rule not to take things that don't belong to us. We do not steal from people. We do not deceive, cheat, and take advantage of people. Who will do that? Greedy people, selfish people, deluded people. Again, the evil roots are there. And sexual misconduct, the third reason. Who will do that? Lustful people, deluded people, who has a lot of craving, desire, lust. Again, the evil roots are there. Then who will lie? Who will arise all the negativity of speech? Again, selfish people, deluded people with evil intention. Otherwise, they won't do all those things. Then the last precept is, of course, partake in toxicants, drugs, and all those things that can make your consciousness fall. When your consciousness fall, you can violate all the five precepts, the other four precepts, sorry. That is how you commit evil. So these five precepts are to protect you from evil. That's why the advice of the Buddha is to avoid all evil. And how do you avoid? Keep the precept. And how to keep the precept? You must know what constitutes evil. Then you must have mindfulness to see the mental intention behind. Your subtle greed, your subtle selfishness, your emotion, your craving, your possessiveness, your clinging, your grasping, your attachment to things. And all these are born of the evil roots. Then your envy, your jealousy, your fear, your phobia, all these are the evil roots. And when you understand them, when you are mindful, you are very sensitive. That's why mindfulness can prevent you from violating all these precepts. It can give rise to clarity of mind. Your mind becomes very clear, full of awareness. Mindfulness and is sensitive. The slightest unhappiness, the slightest movement of the evil root, you can feel them. And when you can feel them, it cannot arise. Where you have become so sensitive. And you can rejoice in wholesomeness and goodness. That's why the first advice of the Buddha is to avoid all evil to keeping the precept. And to do that, you need to develop mindfulness, leading to heedfulness. Then after that, cultivate wholesomeness. That's what Noble Eightfold Path is all about. After you have right view, you must learn to develop right thought, right speech, right action, followed by right livelihood. And to do this, you need the four right effort to constantly purify your thought process. Then after that, you don't use thought anymore. You go into right mindfulness to cultivate insight, wisdom, awakening. And mindfulness is about the silent mind. Then you are just aware without the thought. That is what mindfulness is all about. Then when you are mindful, when it stabilizes, it becomes samadhi. So sati and samadhi can allow you to see things as they are, clearly. Without distortion. Without the influence of your memory. 
your brain, your conditioning, your views, your opinion, and all those things. So your mind does not perceive that thing with negativity, born of your memory. And what are memory? Memory are all the rubbish you retain inside there. Of course, you also hold on to some good memory. But these memories are for certain mechanical and technical things that you need to remember to understand technical issues, technical un- to develop technical understanding. You, know, you use memory. You use thought. That's like technology, you need to use thought. But when it comes to psychological emotion, when it comes to relationship, you cannot use thought. You use thought, you will get into big trouble. Because your memory will accumulate all the phobia, the fear, the insecurity, the sadness, the lamentation, the sorrow, and the unhappy moments. Then you have seen how people cheat you and how you get cheated by people. And how sometimes you also cheat people. So all this create a type of memory that is very, very detrimental to the individual who don't have the wisdom. So this memory will preempt you where you feel very insecure. And when you see somebody, you perceive him as trying to harm you, cheat you, take advantage of you. Why can't you see things as they are, accept them for what they are? Then you are at peace. But how come human beings cannot have peace? They always react to sense experience. They develop all this karmic conditioning. So when you have this interference from memory, which are all your experiences, good and bad, your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your belief system and all these things, this is the one that create conflict, create suffering, create duality. That's why you cannot act using memory. That's why I put up there, acting according to memory. Acting according to memory is not acting at all. Then you don't act according to memory. How should you act? How do you act? Is on the whiteboard. Read it out. Ah, you must act with understanding. Understanding is wisdom. How does it come about? After you listen to the Dhamma, you reflect, contemplate, stabilize the understanding. Then you straighten your view. That's how understanding comes. So this initial understanding, when they arise and stabilize, after you have listened to the Dhamma, then you have reflected, contemplated, and inquired, and investigated, then your spiritual faculty become very different. Your faith becomes very different. It stands up to investigation. You realize all of the essential Dhamma that the Buddha has taught you, they are so beautiful. They point towards the truth. They reveal to you the secret of life. Then you understand that this is the way to act. Act with what? Right view. Right view, you just do what? Law of karma. After you investigate, you put it to test. Dhammapada verse 1 and 2. If I arise, action, speech, and thought with the evil root 
of greed, hatred, and delusion do I suffer? If I do not arise the evil root, do I have happiness? You can test it. When you got hatred, anger, jealousy, fear, worry, anxiety, there is stress. There is no peace. All these are evil. When you are selfish, your mental intention is very negative. It brings about coming consequences. But when you are free of the evil root, means you are without greed, without anger, hatred, envy, jealousy, without fear, worry, and anxiety, your mind state is always peaceful, tranquil, still. And that type of mind has clarity. It can act. It can see things clearly and understand the way nature's law functions. And how nature's law functions are the three right views. First is law of karma. You will see them operating very clearly. Then it will show it to you. It's never worthwhile to violate the precept. Then the second aspect is the second right view in regards to the law of mind, citta niyama. When you silence your mind in meditation and also in the daily life, daily mindfulness, you start to see how through your wrong view, sakadidi, self-delusion, your mind stirs. Because you are selfish. You are emotional. You have fear. And all this comes from memories. And you act according to memory. That's why all these are wrong thoughts. Thoughts that condition your fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow and lamentation. Your insecurity, your phobia. And thoughts are respond to memory that you accumulate in your brain. That's why this one is so active. And these are all wrong thoughts that condition your fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation, and even insecurity, your lack of peace. Because when there is fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation, there is no peace. There is no faith. You are not confident. You have a lot of doubt. So this is how all this will arise. Then when they arise, don't fight it, don't suppress it, don't control it. Don't suppress your anger. Don't go and tell yourself, anger is an evil root. I must not get angry. Even no matter what people do to you, you just don't want to get angry. And you use the word yan. That is the wrong meaning of patience. Patience, when you just yan without wisdom, that is not patient endurance. That is not kanti. Kanti is patient endurance with wisdom. That is the real kanti. So all this, when you start to see, then you know this is not the right way to act. Then how can I act with wisdom? Then I remember the teaching. The teaching tell me what? Law of karma. That's a, if I don't violate the law of karma, I'm at peace. I follow Dhammapada verse 2. I got happiness. I got joy. But this alone cannot free your mind. When you experience all age, sickness and death, you still cannot overcome them. Separation from loved one, you still have attachment, craving and all those things. That one needs wisdom to liberate. So what you must do is, you must develop wisdom, straightening of view, to bring about less delusion, more understanding, to free the mind. So the second right view is to 
see how you function as a human being, how the dwelling dependent origination, how they create mental thinking, mental proliferation. So the first link is avijja pajya sankara. Dependent on ignorance, it creates mental activity, sankara activity, mental state. And this is why you think a lot. You are being think a lot. You are dependent on ignorance. You want to know. What do you do? Like the teacher say, go back and think. That's why you think. The moment you think, what happens? You make contact with the brain. Yeah, this is where the thought is. So the brain, upon contact, is an organ. It arises mental consciousness. But at the moment of seeing, when the seeing consciousness arises, you are not able to be aware because you don't have stability or mindfulness. Then very fast, avijja pachya sankara, sankara pachya vijana, I better write it down. Otherwise, you cannot follow. Avijja pachya pachya. Oh, you have, uh, yeah, turn to your book. Uh. So now I don't have to write the word pachya. Uh. Dependent on ignorance, you arise sankara activity. Okay? This is what mental thinking is all about. Then sankara condition what? Ah, this is vijnana, consciousness. Then vijnana pachya, nama, ah. Uh. So this fall first, eh? don't go so fast. Okay. Because of ignorance, you think. Without wisdom, what type of thought you arise? Eh? Sure wrong thought, isn't it? That's why you a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. Like like every day you also got problem. Health problem, relationship problem, financial problem, career problem, in law problem, children's problem. Then later on, grandchildren's problem. Then your neighbor's problem. Colleague's problem. There's so much problem. Then sometimes you too entangle the country's political problem also you want to get involved. That's all. You also want to complain. Uh, uh, then the newspaper you read. Why this minister so stupid? Why this minister do things like that? He is not fit to be a minister. So who is doing all this? That's why you have to see yourself. So due to ignorance, you create all sorts of wrong thoughts. And this is what memory is all about, the brain. Because you use the brain to create thinking. And when you make contact through thinking, it is how this, like the physics experiment, you remember the physics experiment? So let's say this is the light bulb, huh? Okay, then this is the switch. Okay, yeah. So what happened is when you make contact, the light bulb lights up, correct or not? So this is vijnana, consciousness. You become conscious. Then the Buddha said, take for example seeing. At the moment of seeing, it's just the consciousness. It's just like the light bulb lights up. You become conscious of what you see. But there is no one to see. You understand? Then when did Sakayaditi come in? Self-delusion. The egoic mind. When did it come in? It come in when it goes to this. 
This nama rupa is the five aggregates of form and mind. The mental aggregate. The five mental aggregate of form and mind. This is the one that it put the content. Before the content go in, this is just pure consciousness or the pure awareness. The seeing consciousness. So that seeing consciousness got no content. Means before the perception, before the words, before your memory perceive it, before your views and opinion creates the movement. So these five mental aggregates of form and mind is what Nama Rupa is all about. So this one, if you don't have wisdom, if you start with avijja, then ignorant contact will condition ignorant reaction to sense experience. You understand? So this will input the wrong contact with the selfishness. The selfishness comes from the ego, the atta, where you believe you are real. You identify the form and mind. That human being, you say, it's me, it's I. Just like this one, see. The moment you say, I see, you associate with the seeing, then what happens? Your views, opinion, and conditioning come in. Oh, this guy last time cheated me before. He did all this to me. So your thought will project. I must be careful. I must preempt him. I must not allow him to do the same thing to me. Yeah. Then sometimes the thought say, I don't know this guy. He's a stranger. Why must I help him? And nowadays there are so many people who scam people. So the insecurity, the phobia straight away come out and preempt you from acting correctly. You are not mindful. You are not aware. So this content of consciousness that went in to form these five mental aggregates of form and mind, at this stage, without wisdom, you can never act. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is Yoniso Manasikara. And what is Yoniso Manasikara? Initial wisdom. Wise attention. At the moment of sense experience. Moment. Of sense experience. And this is what the Buddha called the initial wisdom. You need to have this to act. If you have the initial wisdom, what happens is the moment you see something, it can come from any of your senses. The moment you see something before this input of content of consciousness from memory, brain, conditioning, it will prompt you. This initial wisdom will come. Let's say you have health problem. Then it will come. The daily contemplation. This body of ours is of the nature to grow old, get sick and die. It's a reality for all humanity, not only me. Then when I understand this, I say I got two choices. 
First choice is accept this reality that everybody has to go through. If I accept, I'm at peace. Then I do what I have to do. But this is not me. This is a vehicle for me to come. If I need to take care, I take care. If I need to seek a doctor, seek medical advice, I seek. Then I don't project my thought to develop all the fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow, and lamentation. Then this Sankara, when it conditions the input, the content of consciousness, this one will not have delusion to project the thought, to bring about wrong thought, wrong view, and all those things. The suffering, the sorrow, lamentation, the phobia, all this is to be. Then I act with understanding, where I have reflected. This body goes the way of nature. It makes our element. It's not me, like a car. True or not? You buy the car. Is the car you? Is the car you? It's definitely not you, but you own it, isn't it? Yeah, you use money to buy. But this body, chemically, conditioned out for you to come to this world. So, in a way, it has relationship to you, where you experience everything that this form and my experience, understand? even though it's impermanent. Finally, anatta, non-self, empty. But when your consciousness is trapped inside, that thing is as real as can be. That's why it's subject to karma. So, when you have that understanding, you will know how to use it. If the car is not me, if through accident or through over the years it decay and have problem, what do I do? I send to a mechanic, isn't it? I fix it, isn't it? I don't go and lament over it. Yet. Of course, if you feel that the money gives you a problem, then you feel unhappy. Why should I waste this money? Why this mechanic like that? Huh? Charge me so expensive. Other mechanic, not so. So all this is creating your own suffering. It's not solving your problem, understand? you feel that it's expensive, you want a second opinion, then call somebody who has the contact. Just do. Why go and get angry, unhappy, and comment? All those are wrong thought, not necessary. So, like this body, if it has problem, it's like your vehicle, you need to service it, send to a good mechanic or a good doctor, just go and seek advice, treatment. Then what is happening is, beyond treatment, like the car, beyond economical repair, you know what is that? Huh? Damage until too serious. Huh? Then do you want to repair? Too expensive, understand or not? You know medical center now. It count by the day. And one day you know they can charge you. There's a Singaporean case, real case. The mother admitted one and a half months. One million sing she paid, and the mother still died. That is the reality. That's why you don't go to expensive one. But you think if I don't go expensive, I cannot good, get good doctor, good specialist. So you you equate good good fee as getting good medical service. Sometimes it's true, but not all the time. So that's why sometimes treatment. They're not necessarily a one-way traffic, because it's my body and medicine. So treat your mind first. Then when your mind has less stress, less fear, less worry, less anxiety, less negativity or mind state, your immune system will come up. Understand? Then 
easier to treat you, understand? If you're full of fear, worry, anxiety, what happened? The negative energy field will trigger off your cells to mutate, understand? Then it will cause your immune system to go down. Then what happened? You develop all the chronic disease. That's why without the mental health, your physical health will deteriorate. So all this you have to understand. This is part of Dhamma and science. So when you understand the body is just a body, not you, because you reflect that you condemn it, you have the first and second turning wisdom, then you do what you have to do. If I need to seek a doctor, I seek a doctor. If it's beyond economical repair, what do you do? What do you do? Claim insurance. Eh? Huh? But this one cannot claim insurance. <laughs> this one, beyond economical repair means when the doctor, like they told me about my father, and my mother, yeah, they die of natural death, old age, especially my mother. That night admitted to ICU, that night the doctor did a blood test, tell my sister and brother, and they call me, they say all the organs almost completely fail already. Waiting to go. You all better come. I said, no problem. Because mom has done everything that she's supposed to do, and she's the happiest mom because she got nine children, all very, very beautiful. And she was full of joy. Even before she reached the age of 89, she already very happy. That's why she passed away peacefully. And we never cry. Nobody cry. We understand. We have gratitude towards her. We thank her for what she has done for us all. That's why that day, I don't know how many of you follow me when my mother died. Uh, uh, Adding me from there. Uh, I was in Thailand now, leading the spiritual trip. And I knew it was going to happen. But during that time, some Kayamita not supposed to go. But because I never make decision, then I saw the condition. Then I told my brothers and sisters, don't worry. I have taught you how to deal with father's case. Where my father passed away nine years earlier. I said, do the same. I will do my part when I go to Thailand. Because Katina, everything. Then immediately, me phone was a treasurer, I remember. That night, I text her, I'm going to donate a certain amount. Yeah, in memory of my mother. That's why the next day at the airport, she knew. Uh, but the rest of the Kayamita only knew at the dinner time. I think, uh. So that was what happened. Then I knew it was a condition to stop me from bringing them. Yeah. But I had the understanding. I act with understanding. That's why I told my brother, sister, all you do. Then mother is very lucky because he has condition to do both. When we were in Thailand, he was also Katina. Then we visited a lot of these spiritual places. So we make offering, donation. Then I send whatever blessing. Then, being my mother, sacrifice and take care of me, the parami is already there. And I rejoice. Because I choose my parents this life. Uh, and a lot of things happen that people don't know. So when you act with understanding, there is no sorrow, there is no lamentation. And especially that Tony, you remember Tony? Uh, Yun Chan's friend. He first time joined our spiritual trio, Atun Hikwa. Yeah. 
after that, uh, you know what he told me. Uh, he said, Brother Tio, next time you got spiritual treat, let me know. I'm going to come. So he has never seen somebody uh, able to do that. Uh. I mean, I ask you a very simple question. Uh, is your, uh, don't say yours. Uh. If somebody, the father and mother pass away, uh, you think they will continue with their treatment? Uh? Do you continue? People will think, well, no, failure piety, you know, your mother dies, also you don't care. These are all thought, understand, delusion, they don't understand. So my brother, they all straight away, they understand, but they saw how I taught them how to do for my father one. Until my mother also start to accept the Buddhist practice. At first, my mother wanted the traditional Chinese tradition, the Taoist tradition. He wanted to burn paper house, he wants to do all those ba chai, all those things. I let her do. Until the condition manifests, uh, you know what happened? They go and buy the paper house. Uh. I said, you want, we will buy for you. You know what happened? Uh? That whole day, actually, uh, was very sunny, you know, very beautiful weather. Then about that, the chai ko say, uh, what time can burn? Uh, he said, good feng shui and good timing. Uh. The moment he wanted to burn, uh, the heavy downpour came. The whole paper house just get showered by the rain. <laughs> then my mother start to understand. Then someone else, my, the relative uh, that come, uh, one generation older than her, uh, you know what they tell her? He said, hey, something not right. Uh. Your children all have no failure piety. The father died, nobody cried. Everybody was having, like, not fun, uh, like having the joy and all those things. Then you know what happened? My mother started to be affected. Uh. They are one generation more senior than my mother. Uh. He said, if you do that, uh, your husband will suffer in hell. We are no fellow piety. Like, more wholesome. Uh. Then my mother started to ask my brother and sister to cry. Uh. And ask them to hold your stick and pray and cry. Uh. My mother cried first. Then my youngest brother, he know. He straight away approached me and tell me what happened. I said, don't worry. We are my classmates were with me. Then I excused myself. I went and held my mother's hand. I said, Mom, what is happening? How come you are crying? So, like, like very, very sad like that. Then she told me what happened. And I say, okay, you have heard what they tell you. Isn't it? Are you willing to listen to what I have to say? Then she's still sobbing. She said, okay, I listen. I say, what is philopiety? Die already only cry. Is that philopiety? I say, do you remember? Well, that year, very funny year, before my father died, that was the only year I felt something coming. No? He died 28 July, my daughter's birthday, I know. But January, February was Chinese New Year, remember? That year, I told my brothers and sisters, the in-law, the grandchildren and the grandchildren all together, we hold a special Chinese New Year in a resort in Thailand. Hakiao Resort. We book all the rooms there. Then I said, you remember or not how happy that was? 
on the wheelchair. He was full of joy and happiness. And he even tells us when we have the photograph, the group photograph, family photograph at the beach. My father said, this is life. This is really life. Seeing all my children, all my daughter-in-law, my grandchildren, my grand-grandchildren, everybody so happy, having such fun, and the wind, the breeze. Then my mother straight away stopped crying. No? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I remember that. I said, that is Philip Heidi. When he's around, care for him, love him. Do what you can do for him. I say, you look at our family. Every one of your children is so successful, doing so well. Why must you cry? Do you think dad will want you to cry? Is to cry? Then the other thing that I told her is, uh, I say, you want to follow what they tell you or not? You look at their children, their grandchildren. They are all having problems. Not successful is one thing. Getting involved with police case, drug, everything also involved. Then my mother straight away, uh, like wake up, uh, clean the tears. Uh, I think we go the Buddhist way. <laughs> Tell me straight away. We go the Buddhist way. Then later on he realized the paper house uh, cost thousand plus. No? That paper house. Uh, where the bill later on came. Then the Tachai one, uh, almost ten thousand. No? Then he realized I also invite the the Chi and the Buddhist Association to come and do the chanting. Uh. He said, your Buddhist one, how much you pay? Uh? I said, no need money. Up to you. If you want, make offering. Or give them a meal. Then the monk will come and chant and la da la. Next time my time go Buddhist way, he said. That's why my brother <laughs> they already know. And you know what happened? Uh? One year before my mother died. I got my youngest brother, they are all involved in Sujiyan. He came and talked to me. He said, shall we do something for mother? I said, what is it? He said, Suji got a program. You donate 100,000, they will give you a special, what they call, uh, uh, honor, so that when your funeral comes, uh, they will do everything for you in a very different way. I said, straight away do. Yeah, we can afford, so we do. And that one is to help Suji and the son raise funds and all those things to do things. Then they actually honor that. And I was told uh, when I went back after the Thailand trip, uh, my classmate, I uh, said, where were you? I said, I was in Thailand. Do you know what happened? Or not? I said, I heard my brother and sister, they all told me what happened. He said, your mother's funeral was so grand. Grander than all the dato and all those things. He said, the way Suji come, uh, he said, the big group and all the chanting, everything was done so professionally. That's why he told me, he said, your mother is very, very blessed, very lucky. And these are the things that is happening when you understand the Dhamma. You don't have to go and worry about what people say. Your mother died also, you don't go back. You go back when she's alive. I always invite her to my house. She looks after my children. And he is very happy with my children. And he loves my children. And every time I held her hand, she was full of joy. And I taught her how to chant. She doesn't know even how to write. He was illiterate. He don't even know how to write 0 to 9 at first. 
but because he need to buy empat ekor and tiga ekor, he learn. <laughs> then she got no education. But I tell her, you are different. You are very blessed. As my mom, you did your duty very well. You sacrificed so much for us. And I just tell her, have faith in Kuan Yin. Because she has faith in Kuan Yin. I just bring her to Brickfield Temple. She liked Every time when we go for something, she will stay there with the beads that I buy for her, the 108 one. The Chan in Hakka. Now more Omi Tofu, then now more Konsim. She just Chan. And the faith was there. And she is very blessed. A lot of things happen. Okay, we better continue, otherwise I won't finish this. So this Yoniso Manasikara is where I want to link to the teaching. Yeah. There is this Avijja Sutta. Sutta on ignorance, which the Buddha taught. He said, this is a sutta that explains to you how the deluded suffer. Because that is what the ignorant cycle is all about. So, in the ignorant cycle, it explains how the deluded people with ignorance fall. They call it the ignorant sequence. Then the second one is the enlightenment sequence. How you develop following the Avijja Sutta, the 10th step, leading to enlightenment. So this Avijja Sutta, the enlightenment cycle is very important. The enlightenment cycle or sequence. Eh? Cycle or sequence. And this one, we have gone through many times. The last Sunday one was very good. Uh, afterwards, I will go through you the short notes. Huh? I sent to the Mikanemita, I think, a few days back. Huh? You can own it. So this one got 10 steps. How you can develop the enlightenment to overcome ignorance, Abhijah. And the 10 steps are very beautiful. He said the first one is to have Dhamma friends. Without Dhamma friend, you will not have the condition to listen to the Dhamma, the true Dhamma. Then when you listen to the true Dhamma, the Buddha said, you can develop first turning and second turning wisdom, Sutta Mayapanya, leading to Cinta Mayapanya. Sutta Mayapanya is listening to the discourse of the Buddha, that you have your past and you have understanding, you can awaken. That is the first turning wisdom, Sutta Mayapanya. Wisdom born of hearing the Sutta. If it does not bring about awakening, then he said you should reflect, contemplate, and inquire on the words of the Buddha. Why did the Buddha say this? How can I understand this? Like the Four Noble Truths. The first turning, he said, this Noble Truth of Dukkha is to be understood. Why did he say that? If I don't understand this noble truth of suffering, what will happen? I will suffer, is it? And I suffer without knowing that this is suffering. That is the worst. Like a fool that doesn't know he's a fool, is a bigger fool. 
A fool that understands that he is a fool is at least not such a fool in that sense. Means when you know the first noble truth, the eight conditions that bring about suffering, any of these conditions that trigger of suffering, the moment you reflect, you contemplate, there you have read the sutta. You straightway know this is suffering. And you inquire, what did the Buddha say after that? There is a cause behind suffering, is it? And the cause is craving, born of self-delusion. Then you check, do I have craving? Do I have self-delusion? Otherwise, I won't be entangled. Then the third noble truth says, suffering need not be. If there is understanding, wisdom, enlightenment in the here and the now, Nibbana can be real. Then you know there is a way out. You do not develop the fear anymore. Then, how to free the fourth noble truth? There is a path, namely the noble eightfold path, that will lead to the end of all suffering. That's why when you develop all this, your initial wisdom, your nisokmanasikara will arise. When it arises, at the moment of seeing, like just a health problem, straight away this understanding comes out. If other problem, let's say, uh, you don't like that person, or people bully you, and all this, then you know, karma. Whatever that arises, there are causes and conditions. This law of karma. In the past, very likely, I must have cheated this guy. Or a better example is marriage. One, eh? Your husband don't like you, want to dump you, and want to divorce you. You become very agitated, very unhappy, miserable. Then you come. Then I tell you. Very likely there are causes and conditions here. And what is it? In the past, you like your husband, you dub people. Understand? Mm-hmm. Then now, fair or not? The lady will always ask me this question. What such thing one man? Last time you do to people, you are like your husband. You don't care. Yeah? Yeah, you hold the authority. Yeah? Now, people do to you, you blame people. You know, How can my husband did this? Yeah, then last time, is honey. Now, that bastard. I trusted him 15 years, give birth to two, three beautiful children, and he did that to me. See, all that anger, the hatred. Initially, it was love. But when the trust is breached, all this come out. So, when you understand this karma, what is right action? Accept the reality that in the past you did to people, now got condition, friction, you suffer. Understand? Then, how to overcome it? How to resolve it amicably? Need to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness. Understand that? Need to repent, repent. From now onward, don't do this. Then, resolve it amicably through understanding. Don't get angry. You, you can resolve it in many ways. Then you can start to reflect and tell yourself, it's a blessing in disguise. If I don't have this problem, I will not understand Dhamma. I will not change over to a better life. I will not have this understanding not to react. The moment I react, get angry, I told them very simple. Based on what you are doing now, are you happy? They are not happy, they know. They are miserable. But then why do you still do it? Because that bastard did that to me. He wanted to take revenge. This is evil root, through delusion, creating more evil. In future, that guy will suffer and take revenge again. Then you continue this karmic repercussion. Is that what you want? Is that lie? To me, you already said that bastard, but you still attached to him and want to take revenge and do all this. What are you doing? 
you are being deceiving yourself. If he is so useless and cause you so much pain and suffering, like this thing burning hot, you somehow want to hold on to it. Ah. He already said he doesn't want you, understand? Ah. But your ego is affected, understand? Ah. When we sacrifice together, huh? you never appreciate. Now, you feel that I'm old, no longer so pretty. You got younger one, you got the money. You want to have your life, you have lust and all. So this thought will create wrong thought. It will create anger, hatred, envy and jealousy and make you miserable. And this is what suffering is. And the Buddha say what? Attachment, born of self-delusion, is dukkha. The five aggregates of grasping, grasping aggregate is dukkha. You grasp to which aggregate? Your views, your opinion, your perception of what is happening in life. So all this is going to cause tremendous suffering. So when you understand, you can just free by perceiving your wholesomeness. It's a blessing in this guy that I know this teaching. Now I don't have to get angry. I have to accept the reality that in the past I did that. So now it's fair. The friction comes, the condition arrives, I have to face it. If I face it with wisdom, I act with understanding, I will not suffer. I just do what I have to do. I request some forgiveness in front of Tripajan. Whomsoever from the distant past until now, whether knowingly or unknowingly, that this nature of mine has caused them any suffering, misery, sorrow or lamentation, or misunderstanding, I sincerely ask for forgiveness. And that sincere act of forgiveness has a very powerful condition to break your coming obstruction. Then you can break free. Then you can do a lot of things. After that, you vow not to repeat all this karmic negativity that will cause suffering to people by following the advice of the Buddha. That's how you start to cultivate. Keep the precept. Avoid all evil to good. Then you meditate to develop wisdom. Then you invoke power of merits for turn around. By the power of whatever merits that I have developed and cultivated since the moment I understand this teaching, I have developed all this wholesomeness. May arise a causes and condition for me to resolve all this amicably, amicably so that I can gain back my life, so that I can move on. Life is not just about getting miserable and angry over what happened. There are so much more things in life. Understand? I say you have to be strong. You still have your children. Do you know that by being so miserable and unhappy, your children also affected? He said, yeah, I know, brother dear. But that bastard did this to me. I said, you keep on saying that, you were not free. Understand? But you attach. Attach to who? To that guy you now call bastard. Last time, honey. That's why without this understanding, they can never, never turn around. Then I always use this. Your life, you have to decide. How you want to live your life? You want to continue with your way, which will lead to misery, more conflict, more misunderstanding. It's your choice. Nobody can teach you how to choose. If I were you, I see it very clearly. One is burning me, tormenting me. The other one brings about solution, peace, joy, new life, blessing in disguise. So what are you doing with your life? So with that, they understand. So this wisdom will come at the moment of sense experience. 
then it will not stir, not react. That's why you can have more moments of peace. Then the sensual desire, you will, and the evil root, weaken. The moment you straighten your view with this initial wisdom, born of the teaching, avijja pachya sankara, this one weaken. When it weaken, what happened? Sankara becomes less, isn't it? True or not? Ah. Less means what? More moment of awareness. Mindfulness. That's why you can develop your daily mindfulness after that. Then you realize this Sankara, when it's less active, you become more mindful. Your mind can only do one thing at a time. Either it's silent and aware within, or it's lost in thought. You understand? Creating sankara, thinking, mental activity. You are preoccupied with your thought process. That's why you become heedless. You don't have clarity. You are hardly aware. And this is how the cultivation is. Without the initial wisdom, at this link, you cannot deal. If the Wisdom at the moment of science experience that this idea you need so manasikara. You must develop it first. Because you cannot during like like when you have problem only you want to recall. It will not be strong enough. Then you ask what now? They say, Eh, what did the Buddha say? What did Brother Teo say? Too late. At the moment of science experience you have to act. And you continue to act with memory. All this, you are not acting at all. Well, this will bring about suffering through delusion. But when you act with understanding, wisdom, with the three right views, you will become beautiful. Then you realize the mind is always at peace. It will not stir. Well, you can accept the reality of the moment. People are just the way they are. Angry people do angry things. Selfish people do selfish things. Deluded people do deluded things. So what is happening is, Fearful people will also do fearful things. So they are just the way they are. So that's why we no longer react and stir our mind. We can accept them for what they are. Then we will have compassion. They are just the way they are. Because of delusion, because of ignorance, because of the evil. They behave that way. So you can accept them for what they are, no matter what type of people. Then the world is the world. Condition like that, like the Buddha said, things will be like that. That is the reality. Nature's law. If I want things my way, I will suffer. If I want to introduce the appropriate condition for a good thing to arise, then I must act with wisdom. Noble evil power. If I act with noble evil power, I will resolve everything amicably. The noble evil power got no negativity. It's all about right view leading to right thought, right speech, right action, and right livelihood. Through the four right effort. Then you are constantly aware mindful. You have with the collectedness of my samadhi. That's why noble a four path got no negativity. Okay. With this, we go to the short notes. Eh? Then you can understand. Then I can run through it fast. You want to start with the Thursday class first or the Sunday class first? Your handphone, you can turn to my Kayanamita. Huh?
I give you the date. Huh? Okay, the date is. Uh, yeah. Right? Yesterday. Oh. Yesterday. But towards the end. Huh? Short note. 9 of May. Eh? Correct? Eh? 9 of May. Eh? Today is. 9 plus 7 is 16. Yeah, correct. 9 of May. The other one is Sunday. Eh? The two are together. Okay. Outline short notes of Thursday class data. Nine of me. Okay. Y'all got it? Anyway, I read it out. Where do you review the outline short note last Thursday, 2nd of May, 2009? He emphasized the importance of faith in one's spiritual journey. If we have a stable daily mindfulness, we can benefit more from a spiritual trip as we are able to draw in nature's energy and vibration. The silent mind which is extraordinarily sensitive will be able to detect any subtle mental movement or stirring of mind while in the midst of living life. The moment the mind stirs, the awareness can detect it there and then. One can then see the pending arising of any negativity of mind state. Later on, with wisdom developed, it can prevent them from arising, thereby rooting them out. So this four right effort, the first two is like that. First, you have to arise the right effort to abandon the wrong thought that has arisen. You remember? Abandon the wrong thought that has arisen. You cannot do anything. Avijja Pacha Sankara straight away, you input the content and it straight away cause coming negativity. Then what are you going to do? You have to use the five ways that the Buddha taught. Right? Think of the direct opposite wholesome thought. Think of the consequence. And then the third way is awareness, meditative. And the fourth way is satipatthana, to trace the origination factor. Then retrospectively reverse it through cultivating the mindfulness of the six internal sense bases and the six external sense bases. Like just now in the meditation I taught you. Yeah, our physical body has the six internal sense basis. Yeah. So when you develop that, you will trace the origination factor. Means how anger arises, how fear arises, how selfishness, envy, jealousy arise. Before they arise, there was no fear, no negativity of mind state. Then how did it arise? So I had to trace the origination factor. It's always through one of your senses. Yeah. When you see something you don't like, or when you hear something you don't like, or when you recall something you don't like, then your mind stops. That's how it happens. Then you ask yourself, do you do what? Definitely it's wrong view, is it? Otherwise you will not stir your mind. Then how can I straighten my view? How can I not stir my mind the next time I see the same phenomena, hear the same negativity of speech, or recall the phobia, the fear, the whatever, unhappiness. How can I do it? You have to refer to the Buddhist teaching, the Buddha's teaching. The Buddha says, see things as they are. What does he mean? Accept the reality of the moment. Condition like that, things will end. So, seeing things as they are means, when I cannot see things as they are, I get angry. Correct or not? 
So how can I reverse this? Means I have to reflect. How can I accept him for what he is? That is the answer. Then you start to remember. The Buddha said, Foolish people do foolish things. Selfish people with the evil root of greed do selfish things. Angry, emotional people do angry things. They are just the way they are. No right, no wrong. I need to accept them for what they are. Otherwise, there is no peace. I will get myself involved with the anger, the hatred, and my evil root also <laughs> arise in response to that. So if I can accept them for what they are, I am at peace. Then similarly, whatever situation you confront, condition like that, things will be like that. You have to accept the reality first. But doesn't mean you don't act, understand? Huh? You still act. But you act after having the ability, the right view to accept the reality of the moment. Means, if it's due to karma, I accept. Means what? I don't get angry with them. I don't recall through memory to become remorseful or unhappy over what happened. It's just an accident. Happened already. Why you want to argue and hate people and scold people and blame people? Happened already based that reality. No matter what you do, that thing already happened. That is the reality. You blame your wife also no use. Sometimes I always give this example. Like the neighbor bought a new car. First three days, less than a week, the wife reversed bank. What happened? New car, no, paid so much money, you know. Very unhappy, you know. Blame the wife. Why you so stupid? New car also don't know how to drive carefully. Huh? You created a mess. Then your wife tell you, can't claim insurance or why you were. You think I like the car? Second hand already. Oh. Then what happened? Argue with it. Get more and more angry with it. But wisdom means what? Happened already. School also, no use. Nothing else can resolve it except through understanding. So tell your wife, don't worry. Learn from it. Next time, be more careful. This one can claim insurance and don't worry. Yeah. Even the insurance do for us, uh, if it's not proper, uh, accept whatever they do. But I can talk to them, do it back nicely. It's a new car. Then you resolve it amicably. <laughs> do what you have to do. Then your wife will love you. <laughs> Otherwise, he will hate you. Deep uh, <laughs> Then anything happen, uh, he will stop you. Say, I know what you are going to say. Enough. Uh, he say, you scold me so many times already. Uh, so a lot of these things between spouse, you don't have the understanding. Uh, you can ask my wife. Uh, I never scold my children and her whenever there is an accident. I never. I never even say anything. I say, don't worry. We resolve it. Finish. You understand? And this is how you should develop Dhamma. Understanding. The reality happened really. Do what you have to do to resolve it amicably. Not to get angry, blame, and create all the movement of thought born of evil, born of delusion. Can follow? Okay, we continue. I think point number two on here. Okay. If we can trace the origination factor of such mind state through mindfulness, wisdom will arise. The initial wisdom, Yoniso Manaskara, just now I explained, born of first and second turning wisdom. 
will enable us to straighten our views, such mind will not react and stir like before, because there is deeper understanding of the Dhamma. Then the phenomenal will, will cease to have power over us. So only the power of mindfulness or awareness leading to wisdom can bring about real transformation. Theoretical Dhamma, born of memory, is not effective. So now you understand, huh? By staying silent and maintaining awareness without the need to think, we can see things as they are without the interference of thought or memory to condition us into reaction of mind. The free mind in silent awareness can awaken an insight into phenomena. It is not a person doing this, but it is the understanding born of the direct seeing insight through the silent mind that brings about such realization. With this realization, there will be further straightening of our views. The mind then becomes even more sensitive to see the subtle movement of cravings within. Most deluded human beings will stir their mind when things don't go their way, reacting and hitting out at others. This realization enables us to understand that everything is dependent, originating and condition arising, and there is no one behind all this happening. With this realization, we start to understand the deep meaning of the Buddha's advice on whatever that arise, there are causes and conditions behind. So things are just the way they are, following nature's law. It cannot be otherwise. If we want things our way, which is not nature's way, we will suffer. When we accept the reality of the moment, we can also accept things, people and situation as they are. This is wisdom. We must reflect on this until it becomes very clear in our mind. This initial wisdom will enable us to be at peace more and more. Without its habitual stirring, reacting, and mental chattering, whatever mind states that arise, just aware, then the mind will be quieter, with more moments of awareness, and much less sankara or heedless thinking. However, if we lack this heedfulness, the usual wrong perception, views, opinion, and conditioning will condition the evil roots to project the wrong thought, one after another. This is how deluded human beings suffer. With this initial wisdom, we will have more and more moments of peace, awareness, and space within thought. To arise a stable daily mindfulness, to realize the Sati Sampajana, or mindfulness and clear comprehension, with a very stable daily mindfulness born of Yoniso Manasikara, Sati Sampajana will arise, leading to sense restraint. With sense restraint, the three way of right conduct will arise automatically. If one does not follow all these steps as listed in the Abhijja Sutta, there is no way for one to proceed to cultivate the four foundations of mindfulness effectively. Because without the initial wisdom leading to the stability of daily mindfulness to see clearly, one will be doing mainly thought-based meditation, which is a waste of time. Under the Abhijja Sutta, the Buddha has listed out clearly that if you cultivate the four foundations of mindfulness after you have developed the initial wisdom, Sati Sampajana, sense restraint, and the three way of right conduct, then the seven factors of enlightenment will keep on arising. This will confirm that you are on the right path. But if you cultivate within the field of thought, you can never progress or awaken. Then number 10.
Jeff Oliver attended Brother Teo's last Thursday class. According to Brother Teo, for them to meet, there must be affinity, causes and conditions. This applies to everything else because nothing happens on its own without affinity, causes and conditions. This includes the two gentlemen uh, at the retreat, uh, Brother Richard and Brother Danny, who joined our recent Marsh Camera Highland Meditation Retreat for the first time. Especially Brother Danny, who must have his past. Yes, he is very happy, full of faith and joy throughout the retreat. And the sharing of the Heart Sutta by Brother Teo really touched his heart. Uh, he is here, you ask him. <laughs> it is therefore important that we learn to cultivate affinity with the Triple Gem and true, uh, sorry, with the Triple Gem and true Kayanamitas. When we plant the good condition, we are developing our parami and wholesomeness. As we develop more virtue, we become less heedless and more mindful. Because true virtue can only arise when there is wisdom. With wisdom, we hardly think, but remain just silent, aware and sensitive most of the time. And we will continue to make progress in our cultivation. Without wisdom, there is no love and compassion, because all virtue comes from wisdom. Without wisdom, we are only using words. Do you understand? Huh? Uh, because without wisdom, uh, the so-called virtue uh, is according to you, uh, right according to you, good according to you. It's not born of wisdom. That's why these are conditioned good. They are not the real one. The real one comes from awakening. The meditation. The teaching by Master Huining on no mark of a self cultivating, no mark of living being, and no mark of Dhamma in life can be realized if we cultivate sincerely. To do this, one must connect to one's true nature, the true mind first. The understanding that arises need not be remembered because wisdom is not knowledge. So just now I taught you Anapanasati until you reach the tranquility and stillness of mind. Masati, you remember? That is your silent mind. That is your meditative. Then you can be completely silent without thought for a certain period of time. You will realize your true mind. That is how you realize your true mind. And from there, very easy to understand Dhamma. Because all Dhamma come from that true mind, that true nature. Yeah. From there it arises. Without the silent mind, the true mind, you can never understand Dhamma. Yeah, it is beyond thought. Beyond mind, it's not a knowledge. Okay? Then, number 13. Brad Dio shared how his last guide helped shorten his spiritual cultivation this life by at least 10 to 15 years. He was then only 35 years old. It came to his realization that it was one of his very unique vow that helped to arise the causes and conditions for him to meet up with his last guide. He related how he initially refused to meet his last guy on five occasions. Normally, if the sign came for him to act, he would act after the second or third sign. But sometime, no, but somehow this time he waited till the sixth sign came. Then he knew he had to meet up with this guy. Bradley hmm. drove three hours with her wife to Genting Highland to meet up with his last guy. And that was 1989, 30 years ago. Somehow when they shook hands, they seemed to understand each other. The guy told him, he teaches only four things. Relax, 
the way, 24 hour entrance. Brother Theo had done the first three. So when the guy asked Brother Theo if he trusted him, or if he trusts him, the answer was a straight yes. Brother Theo was asked to sit down. And when his guide put his hand about two inches away from Brother Theo's heart, Brother Theo could straight away detect the very fine pure energy activating the gateway to his nature and amazingly, all the yin-yang energy melted into it. Brother went into stillness without thought straight away. This one is not a conditioned state, no. it's a free mind. No. Straight away without thought. Like that, no. no need to meditate, no need to do anything. No. Uh. Then Brother immediately knew what that gateway was. And he just know what to do via trust after that. Yeah. So technically, I don't need him anymore. <laughs> I only need him to show me where the gateway is. Yeah. Those doing thought-based meditation can never understand. During their conversation, the guide used the analogy of a cultivator moving at a slow pace, like a slow steam engine train, as compared to those riding on a bullet train. But for that, to be possible, the mindfulness must be very stable. Then I think she forgot to uh, add in one point. Yeah. I, I remember the last guy, he used to tell me, he said, do you, do you know you are very lucky? Then I smiled. I said, what do you mean? You know what he told me? Right? Normally for people to reach that true mind, the gateway, you are at least 80 years old, but you reach so young. Those who do thought-based, finally when they realize it, it is 80 years old at least, according to his words. I say maybe I was lucky because I got this very unique vow. And that vow really conditioned him to come all the way from New Zealand. And I don't want to meet him. But because the condition keep on arising, my nature knew I don't know who this person is. I have to meet him. That's it. That's why I went and met him. And the moment I reached, I held his hand, I knew who he is and he knew who I am. He can feel me. You know, he told me, well, no. forget about what the Singaporean told you about me. They told me all psychic on. That's why I refused to see him early on. Then he said, I only teach four things. When he mentioned that, uh, I straight away jumped to joy. You know, I say the first three I already know, I already done. You know what he told me? I know. I feel it. I feel your hand. I hold your hand. I know. You have it. That's why it's easy to talk to you. That's how everything happened. Understand? If I was not ready, I can't understand him. Uh, that's why a lot of things happened after that. Uh, so I read on uh, Sister PG relayed her own experience on how she went for a walk in the park at Pont Kiara. She had to cross the metal suspension bridge, which was a stretch of PRC in the middle. She had been reluctant to walk through it in the past, but this time she inquired why she had this fear. She realized it came from her past wrong view or wrong perception. She decided to walk through it so as to develop the understanding to overcome her fear of height. So she initially thought this was reflection, contemplation, and asana. But the actual way of 
overcoming that fear to root it out is not through this type of reflection contemplation. You cannot root it out like that. You have to root it out through meditative, the third turning. Understand? That one still not powerful enough. Then I explain, huh? note 17. Bratil explained that it was her memory that conditioned her phobia. Though what Sister PG had done was commendable, it would be even better if in future she can find out what happened when there is awareness and sensitivity within. Even if there is fear, what she must do is stay with that fear and the sana. Then you will understand. If you don't stay with it, you cannot understand. When you get angry, emotional, fearful, silent your mind and stay with it. Then see what happens. Even if there is fear, stay with it and see what happens. When one can witness the ceasing of the condition arising fear, this is wisdom. This is awakening. It develops wisdom. The mind then understands fear is never you because it is dependent originating. Through contemplation, one will realize that fear is a thought projection which is not a reality. You know what is not a reality or not? Because it's a thought telling you, understand? Eh, hey, the BRC got hold on, no? The welding may not be stable, no? You can fall off, no? And who is telling you that? The thought. And who is the thought? Egoic. Have insecurity. Have fear. That's why it tells you all this nonsense. So what do you do? Stay with it and find out. What is this fear? How does it arise? And how can I cease it? When you stay with it without any more delusion and thought projection, you know what happened to the fear? Right? It will cease to be. Then you realize your true mind before the stirring. That is your original mind. Before the thought. Before the thought projection. Before your reaction of mind. That true mind, most people who do not know how to develop the silent mind meditation, cannot understand. They cannot even see it. Split second is gone. But when you have stabilized that meditative understanding, the silent mind, which is sati, sampajana, mindfulness and clear comprehension without thought, then you can stay with it. And you can observe the movement of fear. How fear ceases to be, finally. Where there is no more delusion and thought energy for it to move and proliferate. Then you realize, by not doing anything, just maintaining awareness, the mind returns to its original state of inner peace, inner awareness, and inner stillness before any movement. And this is wisdom. Then you realize all this fear is never real not intrinsic, not a part of you. They arise through wrong view, where you project your thought, you create your own fear. Why can't you trust your nature? If I take care of karma, karma take care of my life. If there is karmic, it will happen. If there is no karmic, it will never happen. Understand? So many people pass the bridge. Anybody fall down. If you are the one, you must be very lucky. <laughs> Maybe one in a million. <laughs> and you should buy yourself the lottery. 
Uh, that one is a joke. Huh? <laughs> okay, so this part I think yeah, is clear. Huh? Similarly, for other negative mind state or emotion, one can use the same approach of staying with the emotion or negative mind state, huh? like fear, worry, anxiety, or whatever, huh? or even your envy and jealousy with the silent mind, and investigate with the silent mind. When the awareness is with the sensation, suffering cannot arise. Instead, wisdom that arises from that experience will help us understand life well. Similarly, if one has pain due to sickness or a disease, this understanding will enable one to endure the pain, and the mind can still be at peace. If one has to seek treatment, it is done with understanding and not through fear, worry, and anxiety. Always remember, no amount of fear, worry, anxiety, and thought projection can improve your situation or help you. You understand? The only thing that can help you is don't arise any of this fear, negativity, or mind state movement. Have a clear mind to accept the reality. Then ask yourself, what happened? What are my options? How can I move? How can I act to resolve all this amicably? To what? To Noble Eightfold Path. Noble Eightfold Path is the only action with wisdom where there is no negativity. That's why act with wisdom. Act with understanding following Noble Eightfold Path. Okay, I think we are coming to an end. Eh? Okay, if one has to seek treatment, it is done with understanding and not through fear, worry, and anxiety. Sometimes nature's energy and the meditative mind can heal one of the disease, one, uh, our cell of disease. We are this nature's energy. When you are mindful, aware, silent, you can draw them. Nature means. The great beings' nature also nature's energy. Uh, the cultivator's nature also nature's energy. Then the nature's vibration by itself also nature's energy. Then if your mind is in the meditative state, it can heal you. Uh, it can bring about the reversal of fear, phobia, restlessness of mind. It can bring about inner peace, inner calmness, inner awareness, and inner joy. Then this positive mind state will help your cells to recuperate, to recover. Then it will bring your immune system up. Understand? When your cells no longer mutate, when it has all this positive meta energy, stillness energy, silent energy of nature, it will recuperate. Yeah. You will feel better. <laughs> then 18. Brother Theo said, what Sister PG used was a contemplative inquiry and not using the third and fourth meditative way. Unless one goes through the third and fourth meditative way with silent awareness, the real penetrative understanding cannot arise. A thought recalling an earlier thought like anger and fear is not sati. That is the thought recalling that he has anger. There's a lot of cultivators say, Ah, yo, I still have anger. I still have greed. What do you mean? Well, your thought recall that just now you were angry. But when the anger arrives, you are not with it. Understand? That's why that is not sati. That is the thought recalling. I still have anger. Who said that? Your thought tell you. Understand? Or not? 
But when the anger, the movement arise, you silence your mind and stay with it. Then you find out what actually happened. That thought was never you. That thought is a movement, dependent originating, to wrong view. Then according to J. Krishnamurti, the very flowering of thought is the very ending of thought. Our wrong view and self-delusion have conditioned craving to arise, giving rise to such emotion. All these mind states are dependent originating, so by not giving them any meaning or power to move, they will cease to be. On the daily mindfulness, sorry, only daily mindfulness can transform us. When there is awareness with the silent mind, we can eventually connect to the true mind. The real meditation is not about sitting, but to go into the mindfulness of the four posture and all movement in the present moment. Without doing this, one cannot be heedful in the midst of life to awaken to the truth, to the truth following Dhammapada verse 21, 22, and 23. Okay, we finish. Yeah? So we rejoice. Huh? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Then you also go and read the Sunday one. The Sunday one show you the Avijja Sutta step by step. Uh, very clearly inside there. That's why without the initial wisdom, born of first, second turning, you can never develop daily mindfulness. Your mind don't have that stability. And also without the spiritual faculty, the mental hindrance will come in and condition you into negativity. So all this needs to be developed through understanding following Avijja Sutta. The first three, all Kayamita has already. You have Dhamma friend, you every time listen to the, what they call true Dhamma. Uh, maybe some initially didn't listen to the true Dhamma, mixed type of Dhamma. But if you have listened to the true Dhamma, you will awaken. Yeah, your first and second turning wisdom will straighten your view and you become very different. Then when you investigate, they stand up to investigation, your faith in the Buddha Dhamma and the Sangha in the Triple Gem become unshakable. That's how the third step brings about the fourth step. When it becomes unshakable, your faith will drive you to cultivate. Then you keep on reflecting, contemplating until the Dhamma very, very clear. Then the initial wisdom stabilizes. That is the fourth step. Yodhisopmanasikara. The moment you have that, you do the four posture, the daily mindfulness, it becomes very easy. Well, your mind, most of the time, in the midst of life, does not stir anymore because of the initial wisdom. That's why there are more moments of peace, more moments of awareness. Then avijja weaken, sankara reduce. When sankara reduce, more awareness, more clarity. That's how your daily mindfulness can become continuous. It has to develop until it's continuous. Means every moment, every instant in the midst of living, in the midst of life, you are heedful, you are aware. Otherwise the heedful never die, but the heedless are as if dead. Means spiritually you don't stand a chance. That's why without heedfulness you can never progress. The Buddha before he died, he told the monk what? Drive on with heedfulness again. Just develop the heedfulness and verse 23 guarantee you enlightenment. The heedful never die. Then verse 23 says the constantly meditative, ever mindful, means people with heedfulness. When you are heedful, you are ever mindful and you are constantly meditative. Means constantly cultivating noble path. And you are ever mindful. Means 
all the time mindful. This cultivator, if they keep on to this, the steadfast one will realize the supreme enlightenment nibbana is guaranteed under verse 23. So you only need to develop heedfulness. And to do heedfulness, you need to go to the seventh step. Sati Sampajana. When you hit Sati Sampajana, your daily mindfulness is so stable, you can have sense restraint. You will be able to cultivate your precept very easily. Because you are so aware, so mindful, so sensitive. That's why no more negativity. Your sense restraint is there. You cannot stir, you cannot react because of the initial wisdom. That's why you will give rise to a three type of right conduct. Means what? You will always have right thought, right speech and right action. By then, you are at least a Sakadagami. Because after that only you can cultivate four foundations of mindfulness. After you cultivate four foundations of mindfulness, the Buddha said you are at least a Anagami. You will remember at the end of the Sutta? If there is still a little bit of Avijja, you will be an Anagami. Otherwise, you will become an Arahant. That's why the Avijja Sutta is very clear. The first seven step is very important. It can lead to sainthood, sotapanaship and sakadagamiship. But that one, you already have the initial wisdom leading to the daily mindfulness. That's why you can do this. You can be heedful in the midst of life. And that's how you transform. Otherwise, no amount of sitting can free your mind. Without the daily mindfulness, you cannot root out the delusion the self-delusion and the ignorance, where you cannot see them. And if your mind is in a condition state, it will suppress the mental hindrance. The evil root cannot surface. That's why it has to be a free mind that is subject to sense experience. And that free mind will stir and react when there is no wisdom. But the moment you have initial wisdom, it will not stir so habitually like last time. Then you have more and more moment of awareness. Then you can start to develop the daily mindfulness, stabilize it to see things as they are, to understand the cultivation better. Then after that, when you go into the four foundation of mindfulness, it's very easy because you already have the daily mindfulness. That's why all the four foundations you will skim through very fast. Then the seven factors of enlightenment keep on arising. That's how you reach enlightenment. Okay? So with that we end. Eh? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So hope is clear by now. We have today you all should thank Chiwe and thank they asked me to share. <laughs> Otherwise I won't share so detail tonight because they seldom around. <laughs> so tonight is for them and you all benefit. Eh? Uh, so we rejoice. Eh? Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Yeah, you want to say something, eh, Wendy? Uh. Yeah. Feel that uh, believing in a uh, law of karma is uh, a thought, not reality. Yeah. Your thought tells you a lot of things. So law of karma cannot use thought. Understand? You must contemplate and reflect. Then look at life. Is it telling you the real law of karma? Or is it your thought telling you? Yeah, your thought tells you a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, because every time you believe the thought. That's why sometimes the way you ask question and the way you answer question, uh-huh. you always use your thought. Do you realize that? Uh, yeah, 
Uh, because you still at the stage where thought is very important to you. Yeah. Here you cannot understand what is awareness, what is mindfulness. Mm-hmm. When you are mindful without thought, you are really different. You are really peaceful. You are really sensitive. When there is thought, how can you be sensitive? Do you understand? <laughs> Common sense is knowledge, understand? So knowledge cannot free you. So I will explain in a very simple way. Eh? Then you understand. When you think, what are you doing? Uh, think right or wrong. Ah, you are preoccupied with your thought process. You are more concerned with right and wrong. You are more concerned with what? Solving your problem. This is theoretical Dhamma. Alessandra. Everybody say, don't attach, lah, let go. Lah. You can tell people, but can you do it? Uh, is it? I cannot do it because I feel that uh, don't attach, or why not attach? Uh, <laughs> see, that one come from where? Your thought again. Because you are chattering. You are not seeking answer. Seeking answer means what? Why am I not peaceful? Why am I not happy? How come there is such thing as fear, worry, anxiety, sorrow and lamentation? And this is all suffering. First noble truth, reality. When I confront them, how come I cannot liberate my mind? How come I am caught in this four noble truth, reality? The Buddha already told me cause of suffering is ah, craving born of self-delusion which will result in attachment. Then why are you still holding on to things? Why are you still thinking that you exist? That Wendy is real. Wendy must become pretty. Wendy must be forever young. Cannot. Goes the way of nature. If you want to have good life, healthy life can. Healthy lifestyle. Good mind state. Develop wisdom. Less stress, less emotion, less delusion, then you will become beautiful. Character-wise, wisdom-wise, understanding-wise, everything transforms. But if you continue with the thought, you can never transform. You will always be arguing with the thought. Uh, uh, And you know what, what are you doing? That is the game of suffering. Ah, tell me, go and write on the whiteboard. If you are not tired with that game, continue to play. Like like uh, Sir William Shakespeare, he music uh, is the food of love. Play on. If that game of suffering is what you want, play on. <laughs> because you suffer not enough. That's why you want to use your talk. Not to say you cannot use thought. Thought can be used when you have wisdom. All thought are beautiful. All thought become right thought. Before you have wisdom, all your thought, pardon me for saying that, are always wrong thought. So don't use thought before you are wise, before you awaken. But to study, you have to use thought. To remember where you live, you have to use thought. To remember how you sign your bank account signature, you have to use thought.
Yeah, that one are all non-psychological. That one are good memory. So you have to remember. Otherwise, Alzheimer, dementia. But psychological one, fear, don't use thought. Anger, emotion, envy, jealousy, don't use thought. You use thought, you kill yourself. Well, without wisdom, this becomes evil root. Make you evil. You understand? Uh, cannot because your thought tell you not to use thought <laughs> and the thought that tell you not to use thought will be under tremendous pressure you try yes you you don't want to think you tell yourself I don't want to think you see whether you think or not uh, worse you will think more what must you do relax silent not the Word silent, no. The word silent comes from the thought, no. Silent means without thought. Can you just let the thought be? Means it want to think, let it think. But these are habitual tendency that you carry for so long. And this is not going to stop overnight. You, you, you conquer means you are using thought again. You are not listening. Listening means what? You attentively listen and try to understand what I'm telling you, then put it into practice. What did I say just now? Let the thought be. Means what? It want to think, let it think. Do not fear thought. You know what is thought? Thought is like money. Neither good or bad. You understand? Huh? It's the user of thought that determines whether money is good or bad. Understand? So, the user of money decides whether money is good or bad. So, the user of thought is also the one that decides whether this is the right thought or wrong thought. So, look after the user. Don't go and blame thought. Understand? Thought is like money. So, when you want to think, let it think. Means more money come. You understand? Huh? Your thought is like money. Isn't it? Neither good or bad. Isn't it? But you must know how to use it. Then only that money is useful. So thought also same. Let it arise. If you don't pay any attention, if you don't reason with it, if you don't go and stir your mind following your views and or your opinion of what things should be like and what life should be like, you will be peaceful. Just let it be. When you are relaxed and just aware, that is the most beautiful aspect of meditation. And that is real meditation. But you can't because you want to do something. And who is doing? The meditator, which is the thought, is trying to do something. The meditator, which is the thought, tells you what? I want to be peaceful. And that is craving. You cannot see. Who wants to be peaceful? The thought says, I want to be peaceful. But why are you not peaceful? Because you can't understand the thought is moving you, conditioning you with such heedlessness. Because throughout the day, you are not mindful, you are not aware, you are not heedful. How can you be peaceful? These are mental hindrance, like and dislike. They hinder your mind from entering the meditative state of inner peace and inner awareness. If throughout the day you create mental hindrance, how can you be in the meditative state? How can you meditate? You understand? The first thing is to overcome the mental hindrance. And how to overcome? 
the very skillful mean. Do the mind sweeping method, follow my method, to stabilize it. But you never do. You think you know. You prefer thought. You go back to thought. That's why you never progress. But if you were to do, just follow what I share. Give yourself a week or two and find out whether you will be different or not. You will become very different. Yeah. So you believe who? You believe your thought more than you believe me. <laughs> That's why you never progress. And you ask those who progress. They believe who? They believe themselves. They investigate and find out. They don't have to believe anybody, like the Buddha said. What have you got to lose by trying it out? You already know your way leads to all these problems. You already have a lot of problems. Why not you change? If you are not changing, means you insist on your own way, you know what the final result will be. You will never progress. You will never transform. But if you give this teaching a try, don't worry about what the thought tells you. Tell the thought, I suffer enough already. This game of suffering has been going on for the last how many years? 30 years. Not enough. Still want to play. And then continue to play. Uh, if the game of suffering huh, is something that you look forward to, huh? like Shakespeare's saying, huh? if music is the food of love, play on. <laughs> This one like music to you. Huh? Every time it makes you suffer, miserable. But you feel that life without all this is not life. Huh? <laughs> A lot of people are there. You know, when their wife don't argue with them, huh, they feel miserable. You, know? <laughs> you realize you know, a lot of couples, huh? especially those uh, who didn't realize, uh, when their spouse passed away, uh, they become miserable. They die very fast. Lee Kuan Yew one of them. Yeah. Lee Kuan Yew is one of them. He cannot accept that reality. And he deteriorates so fast. That's why I don't attach. Don't attach means what? Develop wisdom. Not so real. Form a mind, form a mind. Where got reality? We better end, otherwise they cannot go home. <laughs> huh? So, okay, thank you. Huh? We do the sharing of merit quickly. Akasata, Chabomata, Devanaga, Mahindika, Punyang tang anumo ditwa, jirang rakan tulo kasasana, ita wata jamehi, sampadan punya sampadan, sabi dewa anumo dantu, sabesampati sidia, idang menya tinang hotu, sukita hantunya teyo, idang menya tinang hotu, sukita hantunya teyo. Hidang minya tinang hotu supita hantunya teyo dewo asatu kali na sa sesampati hitu fito bawa tu loko raja bawa tu damiko ipina punyang kami na mame balas sama kamu satang sama kamu hotu Yawa nivana patiya sadhu sadhu sadhu. Okay, pay respect to Pajan. Huh? Then we end. Thank you.
before the end, shall we call upon uh, Brother Sri An to represent all the Kayaranitas to present the flower basket to Brother and Sri An? In conjunction with the Jesuit. All together, lah. Yeah, all together, lah. Jesuit. Akong lah, gitu Asia. Yeah, he's in the honor cup. Yes, so you all participate in all this, huh? So, uh, they, they only represent you all. So, this nature we see and rejoice. Huh? Strive on. Strive on with people. You have the first three steps. You only need the fourth and fifth step. Fourth step is initial wisdom. After that, daily mindfulness. You are home. <laughs> when you do this too, you already on the path. And you will awaken. According to the Buddha, under Dhammapada verse 21, 22, 23, that the peaceful never dies. Peacefulness is the path to the desert. The moment you hit step 4 and 5, you are peaceful. Throughout the day, you are ever mindful. Just a peace of the jhana. This mindfulness and extreme comprehension all the time. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>